Did you ever break any bones in your skateboarding career? Oh man, yeah, I've broken everything. Yeah? How many how many casts were you laid up in? I've had a lot of fractures. I had yeah. my most significant thing was from playing soccer and that was my I broke multiple bones in my ankle. Whoa, how'd that happen? Uh, I was like power sliding this person and um <laughs> it had just rained. It's in Florida yeah. and like the grass just didn't give an inch. And so my ankle just absorbed the entire energy of my body and just like folded completely nice. over. Yeah. So you, cause you, you weren't going forward anymore. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I had a, a variant of that when I pinched my, uh, my foot, but I didn't break anything. Oh, it was the worst sound ever. I can, I still remember the sound and the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 this is like click and click for old skateboarding injuries. Yeah. Can you make the sound? No, it was like, it was like, <laughs> that's the least intimidating sound. <laughs> okay. Do it again. Do it again. It was like this concussive <laughs> thud. Yeah. yeah just yeah, like yeah. snapping. Like a, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. 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 Right. It's this dull snap. I broke my, uh, my leg. Mm-hmm. I broke, uh, multiple fingers knocked teeth out twice oh really your teeth look great yeah my front two teeth are shattered and like pieces come out occasionally and i have to get them fixed you know what's weird is i haven't knock wood ever like classically broken my arm you know um which happens to a lot of people nor a collarbone nor a rib you're kind of over those days aren't you i mean you never know (laughs) of the of the type of risk taking i'm talking about uh, I mean, biking, it always like, is, is hap- you know, cars and stuff are yep. threatening, but. And increased risk of prostate cancer. Yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we're in a different class of concerns now, Ralph. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I go snowboarding occasionally. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like if you go all the time, you know, you, you have muscle support and everything else. But when you go occasionally, you're just like, I'm going to just mm. exert myself to exhaustion with muscles that I rarely use. On the one hand, the statistics would be in your favor going less often, but I guess not yeah. from that perspective. And like learning yeah. how to fall, you know. Right, right. And they always say like like skiing and snowboarding, you never call last run because it's the last run that you always break something mm-hmm. on. And it's because you're super exhausted and you're not paying attention anymore. You're just thinking about like getting down the hill or you're tempted to do the thing that you never did all day. You know, you're like, I didn't do that jump or whatever. And then you're like, mm-hmm. so always say second to last run. You contain multitudes, Rob Ray. I, I regard you as both far more adventurous and far more conservative than me at the same time. Isn't that it's weird? True. It's true. Yeah. Over the holiday, uh, I mm. was talking, my family and I were talking about, you know, those like personality profiles that yeah. like you're, are you like a ICBM or whatever, you know, like these, <laughs> are you, are you right in the middle? I don't, I don't even remember what I am. The first, the only thing I uh, ever did recently was to get my, um, Harry Potter affiliation, my house designation or whatever. Hang on now. So yeah. You've gone from like a Ravenclaw to a Hufflepuff, I think. <laughs> I have to look it up. I took a screenshot of it on my phone. Let's see. I think I'm a. Yeah. I think I'm a. What What is it that Harry Potter is? A Gryffindor? Yeah, but well, but the Sorting Hat wasn't sure if he should actually be a Slytherin or not. I think. Wow, it's been a long time. Now that I think about it, I've never done it before. I've never read the books. I'm. I'm. Uh, oh, really? I know. You might enjoy them. I think. Did, I will. did you ever do the fantasy thing, or were you sci-fi all the way? I was into D&D, for sure. Yeah. Um, but you never read Piers Anthony or Sword of Shinar or any of that stuff? I read stuff. some of the Dungeons and Dragons books, you know? And I was mm. really into things like Choose Your Own Adventure, but I wasn't into, like... Right. I never got into too many things with, like, broadswords. You know, you know, I just watched uh, Bandersnatch last night. 
Have you watched that? Oh, one? I haven't. No, huh? It's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure show, right? That's exactly what yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, and it's on Netflix, and they've integrated it really well. I I think you you'd enjoy it as a um as a technical investigation too, because nothing appears to have changed about the Netflix UI. But it's it's not as though when you click on a choice, it's not like it has to load a new movie and go over to a new. I mean, clearly it's doing something like that, but right. it's very fast. Right. Interesting. Um, I think you'd enjoy it. I, I was reading about it. Apparently, the whole all the content is more than five hours long, but then the average viewing experience is only about an hour and a half. So there's all this material you don't see. Wow. You know, every time you try it. Yeah. Cool. Check it out. Yeah. Taylor, we, we are no longer, it's no longer the new year. It's now like, 2020, it's bro. now just the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here it <laughs> it's is. It's not new anymore. I don't, I don't feel particularly used to 2020 yet. It's going to take me another couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. I feel, I feel actually just today, just like an hour before we started recording, I felt like mm. I'm in the groove. Oh, you did it. Yeah. Good job. I think it was because I got the challenge done uh, mm-hmm. in the nick of time and I am recording back in my studio, which makes me feel very normal versus yeah. having to record on the road, which always throws me off. Yep. I'm sitting in my bedroom looking out upon the freezing cold outside and Ooh. being jealous of you yeah how cold is it out there that's pretty cold because classes aren't on right now you know and and every once in a while my wife is good enough to both drop off and pick up our kid and i'll just spend just days and days in the house uh-huh. leave <laughs> like maybe i'll throw the trash out or something uh-huh. that's it um, it's cloistered yeah, so i've been kind of kind of bouncing around here but i'm cool with that yeah. i don't know tell we have no guests we have no guests today no we don't the nope. guest is you yep the guest is me yeah and you, dear listener. We do have a challenge from Ross Takahashi. Yeah, we do. Preservation. Mm-hmm. We have ourselves. Oh, I should say who the podcast is because we may have new listeners. Mm-hmm. We may have new listeners. This podcast is called Opposable Thumbs. It's a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge in two weeks. And we talk about what we did, how we messed up, and things we discovered about ourselves in the world. <laughs> That's right. This is my new intro <laughs> on the fly. Uh, preservation is our well, challenge. I was gonna say, yeah, it freaked me out. Yeah. when you started when you started improv. <laughs> yeah, scatting <laughs> it. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Um, no, I'm digging it. Yeah. Shout out to Ross Takahashi. Yeah, for the preservation challenge. My name is Rob Ray. I use he has gender pronouns. I'm a designer at the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab, which I never say, but I'm saying it right now. Oh. It's not a. I'm not speaking on behalf of the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab. I'm just speaking mm-hmm. as me. And I make art and stuff. I made a weird thing this time. Good. I've recently changed all my social media profiles and stuff to say Shimmering Trash Pile, which I think is eventually about to become eventually, eventually something that is more music related than it has been in the past. Oh. But we'll see. Are you going to get your tour together? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yes. Really? I really do want to try to do that. Oh shit! Let's hear let's hear details. So, what uh, what steps have you taken? Okay, so here's here's <laughs> the steps I've taken is I've started to think about making music, and I've started mm-hmm. to make some music like objects, musical things. I rekindled my old 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 interest in playing the drums. I also have a long standing interest in electronic music, so I'm trying to figure out where. Which is funny because that's a a electronic drum based practice for ninety percent of the people out there. Uh, So I'm trying to figure out like, oh, is there some sort of interesting and maybe strange overlap between electronic music and my interest in drumming as like an expressive 
uh, energetic angsty act. So I'm trying to figure out where those two overlap. And so I've just been doing some practices, maybe too strong a word, but some experiments. And then I'm hoping those will turn into uh, maybe Instagram stories or something. I'm still working that out. So if Instagram stories still freaks me out. Taylor, do you ever look at Instagram stories? Not really. Yeah. I, I'm still trying to study the form a little it's bit. so, so weird. We had yeah. our podcast challenge where, um, oh, what was the challenge where I was doing um, like, okay, millennial. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. I was trying to release something on a quasi schedule and then thinking maybe there's some format in Instagram that's actually more uh, used for this, but then I decided I didn't care. So I just put them online every day or so. Yeah. I got to get my head more around Instagram. I think part of my thing about Instagram stories is I always have my sound off and I feel like Instagram stories right. doesn't work so well that way. I mean, certain people who've been on the podcast do them more frequently. Mm-hmm. I should really just learn what it's about. I think maybe this is an, an, a, a part about being an art person or something is I feel like I can't make a bunch that are just messed up and wrong. And it feels like it's not a thing that like you can do and practice and then be like, I'm going to publish it or not. It just feels like a thing that you just blurt out and then, then it's live. Yeah, I hmm. say go ahead and, and, and risk failure. Isn't that what yeah. we're all about around here? I know. It's true. Oh, that's that's what it should be. That's okay. I should. I should. Hmm. Okay. A challenge is the way I'm going to get through this. Okay. Because now. Okay. Noted. We're doing the work. Yeah. Oh, and Rob, my name's Taylor Hokinson, oh. and I'm an artist, educator, DIY enthusiast, CAD cam evangelist, noted tall person, Midwestern Viking, and I'm a he-his kind of guy. That's right. Taylor, you know your challenge response all, that I think about all the time is ma- magnet fishing. Yeah. You're going to get a set? I don't know. That's every good. time I see a bottle of water, I'm like, if I had a magnet, I could pull weird stuff out of the water. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Get one. I should. It seems fun. It seems like a fun thing you could also, mm, well, I don't know. I was going to say it'd be a fun thing to be able to take with you, but I wonder how they, I wonder how the TSA thinks about you putting a giant magnet in like a checked bag. Hmm. So, so when they ship it to you, it comes in a pretty big box compared uh-huh. to the size of the magnet itself. Uh-huh. And then there'll be a big foam insert that it sits down inside. And so I suppose if you like rubbed it on somebody's chest, you could screw up their pacemaker or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'd have to take a look and see. I guess that's true. TSA has any limitations. A lot of those rare earth magnets, they don't feel like they're kicking in until the very last second, and then they really kick. Right. So maybe if the box is just big enough, that makes sense. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, some of the magnet fishing stuff, if you get your finger in between that and like a, a metal shelf, it can really like break your hand. Going down. Yeah. Yikes. Um, but I would definitely check it out. I can, I can double check on the exact brand that I got. Yeah, and cool. I've only been out once or twice. Yeah. Um, I took it with me out to Minnesota for this artist oh, residency cool. and never... I think I threw it in the lake and I picked up like a nail and a hairpin or something. Like that. uh-huh. <laughs> so it's not, uh-huh. it's not always good. But if you can find some ducks, I mean, there's always crap that people maybe, are Taylor, maybe, off their maybe we could combine two of our challenges. Maybe it could be a little free magnet fishing library set. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm at the things that you find there, like a magnet on a pole just out, you know, so anyone could use the <laughs> magnet. Sure. But then I guess it would, people would just like, uh, You'd have to change the location of it or something now and then because otherwise it would just all the metal stuff would get pulled out of the one spot and then it would be just barren. What if you made a skateboard alteration oh. with some magnets hanging below like magnet rakes? Yeah. And then you could skate around and see what you picked up afterwards. Biking, you see a lot of stuff on the ground because you're just standing in the middle of the intersection, you know, on your bike. Yeah. Waiting for the light to change. Those street cleaning. Yeah, bristles. Bristles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. And those are um, hardened steel, right? I think a lot of... um People make lockpicking lock sex. Yeah. Yep. So yep. yeah. What if you what if you took your bike? So have you ever done uh, magnet raking before? 
No, I have a sense of what it is, but I'm not sure. Is it a rake with magnets? Yeah, I mean, you probably get the general idea, uh-huh. but if, if you have any kind of area that you suspect there's ferrous bits that oh, are sharp that yeah. might pop tires or whatever, you've got this little thing that's mounted on a pole with wheels, and then you pull the lever and it drops the magnet down, but it's still not touching the ground, and then it picks up all the crap. Yeah, so you could totally make one of those bars like to hang off of um, your bike so it's just over the That's a great ground. idea. I no, that's totally yeah. I man. just ironically this weekend ran over mm-hmm. a screw on my in my truck and uh I heard this lump 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 yeah. sound and I was like WTF and I didn't have a flat and then I found that it was a there was a big metal st- screw head sticking out of my tire and amazingly enough it was a very shallow screw with a washer that was fully mm-hmm. embedded in my um tire tread that I just wiggled out and the tire didn't pop at all or anything nice thanks to the washer probably. yep yeah exactly thanks to the washer that's right <laughs> yep so i got I th- lucky i kind of think that right now we should just say the challenge is going to be magnet related <laughs> it could it could be the challenge could be magnets how do they work how do they work um should we should we just dive into projects i think we should do it who's first this week God, i really hope i'm recording yes okay i'm recording <laughs> i just had a total like, <laughs> moment uh you are first this week are you recording? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Yes. That's good to hear. Yes. I'm first. All right. So I have a svelte little one megabyte file. Check it out, as Fergie says. Okay. So I, I see one, two, three, five files. One starts with a zero. Should I look at the zero one first? Yeah, look at the zero. It's called zero underscore howard.jpg. Whoa. Okay, preservation is our challenge. There's a four-panel comic. <laughs> the first one is a drawing of like, I think it's a hippopotamus, but it could be a teddy bear, something like that, some kind of furry <laughs> animal. And he's at a computer, she is at a computer, and there's a word bubble that says sigh. It's a really good expression of being really annoyed. And like bored at the computer and like there's a clock on the wall like like looking at the clock and the second panel is howard maybe mm-hmm. behind the wheel of a car like super stoked with sunglasses on like driving down the road and then the next one looks like this same animal making a snow angel or something or <laughs> or in a maybe or doing a backstroke in the water there you go yeah there you go and then the next panel is mysterious it's it looks like a fried egg. It looks like an igloo. <laughs> yeah, that one's unfinished. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> fried egg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this looks, and it's drawn in a way that makes me think you could sort of see the illustrator's marks in some ways, like the mistakes or erases, mm-hmm. and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So that's the first one I'm seeing. Oh, and before you go, uh, what's what's the Easter egg? What's Howard doing on his computer in the first frame? Oh, he's playing solitaire. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> solitaire at work. Yeah. Uh, this is so low fidelity, but really expressive. And it's really, it's really working. Should I go to the second one? Do it, yeah. Okay. This is a color representation of, again, this character is seemingly called Howard. The word Howard is written in this really nice all caps serifed, like Times New Roman on acid kind of, <laughs> kind of vibe. <laughs> And Howard has a rubber duck at his feet. And Howard looks like a cross between a kind of dog and has kind of nice round pointy ears like Yogi Yogi Bear kind of. 
like a little tuft of hair and is purple. And then there's a red thing. I'm not sure what it is, a ball or something coming out of Howard's right hand. Next image. Oh, oh, okay. Now the next image is the same uh, content as the original drawing second panel, which is Howard in a car with sunglasses on. But this is much more colorful. It has like blue, light blue sky, puffy cartoon, white clouds. Howard's wearing sunglasses and the sunglasses have that like reflective lines in it to make it look like the sun is shining off Howard. Howard has a little tiny fedora hat on his head or pork pie hat on his head. And he's driving a green car with bright green grass. Howard is now doing the thing where like you, when you're in the water in slightly maybe waist deep water, you decide to do a handstand in the water. So from the waist up to your head is under the water, but from the waist down, like your feet and your legs are poking out of the water. And it's really expressive, nice gesture. And there's like a beach with a beach umbrella in the back. And then the last image Taylor has is, is oh yeah, it's Howard now laying on the sand, really chillaxing. There's like piles of sand on Howard's stomach. And there's like wispy sand, breezy marks in the back. Very expressive. And it, it seems like maybe what Taylor has done is taken this coarse kind of four panel sketch and then worked to... Um, make it more high fidelity and more stylized, but also more cohesive from frame to frame. And that's that's what I got. And this is reminding me of the last challenge that Taylor did where he was investigating illustration. Yep, I mean, I'm using the same Huion uh, tablet, which is like the budget version, right, of the, uh, the Wacom tablet. Yeah, Wacom. <laughs> Wacom. So... This is a preservation of um, a putting kind of digital pen to paper version of a story that we tell in my family. So we are trying to come up with ways to entertain our kid because Chicago, the Chicago school system is so crazy that everybody winds up having these long commutes as you drive your kid, you know, to to a different state in an attempt to (laughs) get them into a good school and so forth. So, Somehow we hit upon this thing where we have this avatar named Howard the Bad Behavior Hippo. <laughs> um, and Howard, my, my daughter is almost five, uh, but we've been telling Howard stories for a couple of years. And so so whenever we're trying to teach her lessons about behavior, we were really big on not telling her, like, you're bad, but yeah. we would say you're having bad behavior. And then we offloaded bad behavior onto Howard, who is always bad. And so she's oh. really into hearing about bad behavior, not directed at her, but talking about Howard, who always makes the wrong choice. And then there can be kind of an implicit recognition of how she should be behaving. That's great. And in a lot of ways, it's more effective. Like, you can tell her, stop doing that, and she'll get really uptight. But if you tell her it's Howard behavior or whatever, she'll get kind of wigged out. Um, So this is this... (laughs) So there's all these stories I won't bore you with. But this is one that I thought would make uh, for a good... Uh, a good candidate for actually being made into a little book where Howard, um, and, and weirdly this is the one time where he doesn't have bad behavior, but so he's, he's working this boring job and he decides he needs a vacation. So he goes to the beach and swims in the water all day and gets really tired. And then he lays on the sand and then all this wind comes and blows sand all over him until he's completely covered. So he just looks like a hill made out of sand. Um, and then right around that time, this mouse family comes on vacation too, and they're looking for a place to barbecue. And the littlest mouse says, why don't we barbecue up on top of that little hill? That looks really comfortable. 
So they go to the top of the hill and they find this depression, which is Howard's belly button, and they throw a bunch of uh, kindling in the uh, belly button and they light it on fire and they start cooking their mouse burgers. <laughs> so they're cooking and cooking and then Howard starts to wake up and he smells something that smells delicious and then he realizes it's hippo. And then he leaps up and the mice go flying out into the water and they come out of the water and they're angry because they say, why have you interrupted our barbecue? And he's really angry because he said, why did you start a fire with my belly button? <laughs> and then they all decide to make up. Um, and so they say, we'll share our mouse burgers with you. And of course, Howard eats all their mouse burgers because they're tiny. Oh. Um, but they all make friends afterwards and they leave. They wow. leave happy. And so this is a the first part. I mean, it's probably going to be at least you know twelve panels or something. But I'm trying to make this little book um, that where we can preserve a, a a sort of family legend that we tell. Wow, I love your drawing, your coloring style. You know, like if you're if you're coloring in an illustration, like you could look at it, you could get like a color wheel, right? And you could do the color theory thing. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of need to have a few that go off the deep end in order for it <laughs> to feel real, like a realistic jumble of color in the world, you know? Sure. Because like the the world doesn't, unless you're Chris Ware or someone like Chris Ware's, I think coloring always has this like a really intense color palette that's very smooth. But like, for instance, Howard's shorts have this really great bright coloring to them that mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily work with the rest of the scene, but it makes his shorts look even more tacky because they don't like <laughs> match the rest of the environment, you know, because, because they're the only high, um, saturation. Yeah. Helmet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really nice. Yep. So how are the bad behavior? Howard is awesome. Everyone should definitely go to the project's site to see these pictures of Howard. I love the one of him naked with the rubber ducky and the, and the, like, it just says Howard over the top of it. It's really good. He also really looks like a hippo, even though he doesn't totally look like a hippo. You know, he doesn't look <laughs> like a stereotypical. I was just at the Museum of Natural History over the weekend, and so I've seen, I saw a hippo, uh, right. like a stuffed hippo. But I drew the image that you're talking about. I just sat down and drew it, and then I thought, you know, I should probably take the time to really develop um, the character. So I went to the sketchbook with paper and I tried to do it that way, like the right way, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. And I made all these different variations and then I just came back to the one I started with and then just ditched that page. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's cool. But I, I think she'll get a kick out of it once it's all done. So I, I'll keep working on this. That's cool. I love, I love your take on preservation. That's really, that's cool. Hey, thanks. Bro. Memory preservation. All right. You ready to take, take a look at your stuff? Let's do it. Okay, so we're in Trader Joe's looking at natural facial cleansing pads. <laughs> Robert, are you trying to uh, counteract a Los Angeles sun? <laughs> okay. Yes, and, and grime. Okay, so Rob has um, decided, as all as all people must, as, uh, at men of a certain age, whether they're going to be taking their um, skin care seriously or not. Uh, let's see. So we have Desert Essence, which has tea tree oil, facial cleansing pads. Um, these ones look a little bit dirty. I don't know if they've been used already or what. And um, and I like how the, the, the can itself is also completely co- covered in filth. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is super promising. So Rob's got a uh, bullet bourbon bottle. It's a really distinctive bottle. And it looks like he um, is totally washing it out and trying to remove the paper labels and so forth. Yep. 
And now we've got um, some organic hard candy with natural f- fruit flavors, blood orange and honey. Although maybe it's just the container that we're after right here. I'm, I'm guessing Rob is going to be making some skincare products. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, <laughs> all right. So I can I should start looking at the metadata on these photos. So image number four was that captured last night? No, that's that's from a while ago. But um, well done. Yeah. Well done. Wait, wait. Whenever I see you working outside in flashlight, I assume <laughs> it it happened three minutes ago. <laughs> Uh, so now Rob is uh, spray painting part of that hard candy tin white. He's, he's kind of neutralizing it. Um, although it does have some embossed letters, so it still says organic hard candy and has some kind of shapes popping up in the lid. Yep. Uh, it's this really great matte kind of white slash gray. Maybe it's just primer yep. that we're seeing on yeah. there. That was definitely a what would Taylor Hokinson do. He would remember when I tried to paint my shoes with, without putting like a covering right. base coat down and I had to paint it 9,000 times. I learned my lesson the hard way on that. Hey, man, I'm bad with primer too, but I'm I'm pleased that you think that I'm responsible in that way. <laughs> okay, so now Rob's over here in uh, Photoshop, and he's got this great old kind of turn-of-the-century political cartoon-looking drawing uh, where there's a donkey that's kicking a fox up in the air, and then the fox is going flying. Uh, he's got it in black and white, and let's see if he's going to... Oh, actually... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Photoshop, although he's preparing to uh, live shape it in some way. Um, okay, now we're back to our cleaning pads. So now he's just got sort of a neutral bag of reusable makeup remover pads. Okay, so our skincare products are coming together. Mm-hmm. We have a bottle of witch hazel and a bottle of tea tree oil. Um, you know, I uh, my kid got lice not that long ago. And um, I was at Target, and I asked the pharmacist, where can I find the uh, lice products? And he showed me, and he said, you know, a a bunch of, uh, it's an old wives' tale, but a bunch of people will tell you that tea tree oil just solves it. And I looked at him, and I was like, you're a pharmacist, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so I just ignored his advice and went with the thing, and it worked great. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so we've got, oh, I I like where this is going. It looks like you might be putting together kind of a suite of products. So we have our bourbon bottle. Uh, this little um, kind of hockey puck metal tin, and then you've also got some spray bottles you're working on. All right, so our recipe calls for one-third cup of witch hazel and 10 drops of tea tree oil. And then uh, we're also pulling out, we've we've printed out this little donkey, and so Rob's kind of make, making a logo for his, his new material. It's called What For? <laughs> <laughs> and um, it says, For a Fresh and Clean Face. And he gets out um, everybody's favorite uh, art supply, the Mod Podge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're cu- cutting out these little paper discs to affix to the different bottles, like the spray bottle. Do you see anything strange about the background of that image? Is it in your car? It is in my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess I got that just from that pebbling, like that classic um, <laughs> console like pe- pebbles of plastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's in my car. How did you? How did you come to be doing this in your car? Because I... I needed to do, I was, this morning, I, I had forgotten to put the labels on, I realized. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I, um, it's kind of a work. critical part of it. Yeah. And so I decided I would take it with me to work. And I wasn't sure if I was going to need to do a second step, but if I was going to do a second step, I would have to do it over lunch. So this morning yeah. I parked my car and I, I cut out the labels and stuff in my car Classic. and put them together yeah. and then that way they'd be dry and i could come back to them over lunch if i needed to but i ended up not needing to so it worked out 
Yeah, a buddy of mine was telling me she just did a um, academic conference um, in a far-flung locale that took her a long time to fly to, and she was just, you know, effectively writing the paper on the plane. On the plane, <laughs> the yeah. Yep. yeah. It's all about that life, man. Um, okay, so we are modge-podging these labels in place. Now uh, the fox is gone, so we just have the, the kicking donkey, which is really satisfying. <laughs> um and and I like how you're kind of going for that sort of old timey, yeah. You know the yeah. the bourbon bottle and the donkey and everything is working together to make this happen. So yeah. there's two spray bottles. There's a unnamed clear fluid, and there are these um, makeup removing pads. So you're gonna, you're gonna have to tell us all about it. Yeah, I decided. Um, I, I took Ross's preservation challenge as a ecological pres- preservation kind of uh-huh. take. Sure. Do you use any kind of digital grocery list kind of thing, like any list or I any don't, one of those but tools? I really should, man. Yeah. Do, you, do you? Any list is great because if you have, if you're shopping with someone or something, you can um, mm-hmm. oh, both check it add live. to the list and both check it off live. So like you can like nice. divide and conquer the grocery store or something like that. So it's it's handy. Um, I'm looking this up right now. It's ex- it does cost money, but it's pretty small. Bastards. Yeah. It's great. Like like a, a subscription cost or just a... Uh, it's annual. Yeah. It's like, you know... It's, oh. I know. I know. Man, subscriptions. I can't believe I it. I know. Cause, yeah. Uh. I got servers to pay for with all the synchronization and stuff. So, I know. It's annoying. Um, what I do like about it, though, too, is it's not grocery specific also. So, you can have... Like, I have a Home Depot list. I have a grocery mm-hmm. list. So, it's it's pretty good. It's probably, like, overkill, really. You know, it's like like any of these things. You're like... I think I'm really only using just a small percentage of this functionality and maybe I just shouldn't, you know, but it is, it is handy. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was going through, uh, so with any list you check stuff off, but then you're like, Oh, I got to go to the store. So what you do is you, you like show all on the list so you can see all the checked items and the unchecked items. And then you can just de check the items that you want to buy again, you know? So like Mm -hmm. face pads, for instance, is a thing because I, ride a bike in LA and am covered in smog soot like all the time. Yeah. Uh, I always just wash my face at the end of the night and I've been using these Trader Joe's face pads for, I don't know, 12 years or longer. I don't know, you know, super long time. And I just had a moment when I was unchecking that item where I was like, I bought these damn things for like 15 years or something, you know, something really insane. Yeah. And I was, and I have a giant collection of the plastic containers that they come in that i hold screws and stuff in but i was just like this is ridiculous i should at least just try to make it just to see if i can and then i was like well what is it about products that make me feel like i want to buy them you know like what makes me feel like the weird like brand legitimacy or something i don't know i could just make the stuff right and just throw it in a bottle and be done with it but i was like i'm gonna make a a brand my own brand of face pads and so if someone's like oh what do you use i can be like i use the what for brand (laughs) and they're like what's that get a burt's bees thing going yeah it's it's very burt's bees kind of yeah yeah vibe yeah yeah so that was my preservation i was like i'm gonna preserve and I, i realize it's a you know very modest gesture of ecological present preservation but you know i've I ripped through 365 pads a year at least for 15 years plus all the contain. I don't know. I was just like, I could just make it in bulk. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I also realized, though, that tea tree oil is incredibly expensive. Yeah. Like that container I bought, I went to this website called Bulk Apothecary. Bulk Apothecary was good. And um, 
you can get like what's cool is you can really truly buy in bulk there you can get like a 50 gallon drum of tea tree oil for like nine thousand (laughs) dollars i also then realized after i bought 16 ounces of tea tree oil that it really only takes like 10 drops (laughs) but did you ever read about um just this brings to mind this uh um, bunk treatment called um colloidal silver yes oh yeah Mm -hmm. it like turns you blue yeah because you drink it right like something like that the i just seem to remember that there was some small town there was some mayor that had like you know a hundred people in his town and then he he got them all doing this uh, colloidal silver thing and made them all sick or something yeah there's like a a famous blue man if you search like blue man colloidal silver I think it's <laughs> yeah. not Photoshop. I think this person is properly blue. And I think that's the tarnish. Like, I think it's... Whoa. Yeah, do you see that, it? That is crazy. What is he on Dr. Phil there or something? He's very okay, blue. He's super blue. Or he was on Oprah. Yeah. 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 We'll link to the blue man in show notes so people can see him. It's it's really good. Far out. But yeah, I, I like that we both... Um, you know, Ross's preservation was sort of about um, almost like... I kept thinking about like taxidermy or like... Yep. You know, that kind of thing, like, cause he was working with worms, but we both sort of went off the, went off the deep end and decided to take preservation in a new route, which is, you know, what the podcast is all about. So it's cool. See, now I'm going down this wormhole. Uh-oh. So it, uh, Speaking of it worms. reacts when exposed to light, the same phenomena oh. that makes silver nitrate useful in developing photos. Oh and my deposits gosh. In the skin. Yikes. Uh, irreversible. Uh, anyway, that is sorry. funny. Wow. Yeah, thanks a lot, Russ. That was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I like thinking about that. Yep, that was cool. So, Rob, you and I have to come up with a... Oh, do you want to save that till after we do our shout-outs? Oh, yeah. Too? We'll do the quick shout-outs. Yep, yep. here we go. Yeah. You can find photos of our finished projects over at projects.opposablepodcast.com. We also have links uh, in our show notes and, like, the colloidal silver blue man. And we post cool stuff to our Instagram account, opposable underscore podcast. Uh, we'd like to send you an opposable thumb sticker. If you share a podcast episode on social media or rate us on iTunes or some other cool thing to let people know about the podcast, we will mail you a sticker. Just contact us on Instagram at opposable underscore podcast or at our email address, opposable podcast at gmail.com, which I realize I haven't checked in quite some time. I should check it. <laughs> um, oh, whoops. Yep. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to Wesley Ellis, Charlene McBride, Adam Mayer, Deb Chatra, Blondie Hex, Nick Kantar, Walter Kotindu, and David Bellhorn. They're our top Patreon supporters. And if you'd like to join them in our league of Patreon supporter badasses, please go to patreon.com slash opposable thumbs to sponsor us. Our podcast is dedicated to providing a harassment-free experience for everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter, or religion, or lack thereof. We actively support an inclusive environment, and we want you to be a part of it. Oh, Taylor, do you have anything that you, any links or anything that you want to share? Any weird finds, cool things on the internet other than blue, blue people? Oh, what can I talk about? I mean, I talked about Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Um, right now I've been doing a really bad job reading, so I haven't really oh, yeah. got anything in that territory. I, uh, I went to Frozen 2. Um, wouldn't recommend it. Um, oh, yeah. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. Yep. Uh yeah, I got nothing. Cool. I'm just I got my head down uh, as I head towards the beginning of the semester. Uh next next time I should have some interesting stuff to talk about which is underway. So to be continued. Nice. I got a, I got a few quickies. Uh D3, the JavaScript library for like data visualization and graphing and stuff I've been getting into. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty good. Um I like it. Uh it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh as a I understand now I 
people like it, especially like visually arty people, because it, it really is rewards you visually in a lot of ways that um, just like coding from scratch doesn't. Um, I have a YouTube video that is, is, is something it's called 70.5 hour detail WTF. Were you even doing exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. And it's, a guy who's a professional car detailer and he spent 70.5 hours detailing one car. Yeah. And it's a, hey, this video is only 45 minutes. It's a 40. Yeah. It's a 45 minute video documenting the process. And it is the best thing to watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, right on. Because it, it's like, it pushes all of the buttons. It's just like super meticulous super interesting descriptions of all the tools and liquids and stuff that he uses, you know? I didn't know you could just pa- you could just pop the hood and power wash the engine. Exactly. It's also I fascinating re- because of all the things that like I always thought I couldn't do that he does, which is yeah, really yeah. great. The detail that he goes into doing stuff is off the chain. Also, you'll see background shots in his garage and there's just like a wall of fluids, like cleaning fluids along the wall. It's just like whoa! It's just another world of someone who just rarely even washes their car. Thinks about it. It was really, really interesting to um, watch this person. So anyway, JP Details Detailing and Valeting Solutions. I want I want to give this guy like my mouse <laughs> and just be like, go to it, man. Yeah. However long you want to take, detail my mouse or like something that I I care about this cleanliness because my car is always not something I care about too much. Anyway. And, you know, I actually do have something, but finish your thing, and then I'll do the thing I remembered. That's it. That's all I got. I've been trying to do some more research on photogrammetry. Oh, right. Nice. So just yeah. um, software where you just plug in images in the circle to get a 3D scan. Um, so it's one of those things where if you don't check in, we've talked about this before, but if you don't check in every year or two, yep. things change a lot. Yep. And right now it looks like there's a couple of interesting open source options, and Joseph Prusa of the uh, Prusa 3D oh, printer. yeah. Did a really nice tutorial, but um, two of the options that are out there right now are uh, Colmap, C-O-L-M-A-P, and then also Mesh Lab, or Mesh Room, rather. Um, however, both of these, interestingly, require that you have an, an NVIDIA um, CUDA-enabled GPU, which is really uncommon for the Mac. So even though they have um, compiled applications to download for osx they they lack certain features that are required to get a solid mesh afterwards awesome wow um so i'm trying to develop out that research for a class that i'll be teaching and i'll post some more stuff about it as i find it out cool yeah i'm, I'm excited to hear, to see what you come up with because that definitely comes back on my radar every six months or so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay taylor we have um i've got our spreadsheet up so when we don't have a guest we have a spreadsheet where previous guests have given us extra challenges that we can pull from and so I have this spreadsheet, and Taylor, we have 15, no, sorry, apologies, four, no, uh, okay, I'm going to, in order to make the math easy, I'm going to say, Taylor, we have 15 challenges, but but don't pick number one, because number one is the header on the, <laughs> we have 14, but I don't want to have to subtract one. If from only your, there from were a way to count in yeah. Excel. Yeah, not doing that. The um, Oh, so I should pick a number? Number between one and 15. 11. 11. Oh, it's by Cedric Ty. Mm-hmm. Brevity is our challenge. Uh-oh. That's going to be a tough one for me. That is going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. Brevity. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I, oh, I just thought of one. I, d- I don't want it to be too jokey, though. Mm-hmm, I'll right, tell it, I'll right. tell it to you because it's too jokey. Do, do you know okay. the whole thing where um, who was the who was the author who came up with the six word short story? It was a uh, for sale baby shoes never worn. Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Um, what if you were to do that Anyways, with famous books like the Bible or? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, nice. <laughs> I just, I mean, that's just cute. I don't think that could sustain uh-huh, uh-huh, a challenge, uh-huh. but think about it. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I'll do some of those as a warm up. Oh, Taylor, do you have any stuff going on? Websites, events, shows, anything? No, not right now, man. Just uh, just um, moving forward, working on a Linda tutorial, working oh, nice. on a collaboration. Everything is in process, so more more details uh, forthwith. Same, yeah. But I may have, I may be, maybe I'm going to get on this Instagram stories kick. We'll see. Yep, do it. All right, uh, Taylor, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon, but in very short clipped brevity. Uh, brevity what what is the now what's the brief <laughs> brief bursts perfect